Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes, fresh off uh, taking a, a exam for my winter class, uh, Communication Law, is about a three-hour, probably spent three hours on it. Um, that was absolutely brutal, so I definitely thought I could just do this podcast right after because I need something to talk about and be in a better mood as I got a C on that exam. Um, oh, my God, uh, that... that Exam was probably one of the hardest exams I've ever taken in my life, but you know what? We got through it. I still have a good grade in the class, and I'm almost done with it because there is I there's no way I was going to take this exam. Uh, I was going to take this class in the spring because I've just heard so many horror stories about it. But anyway, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the, the show on Twitter at lo underscore penguins. We have a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to today. We're going to go over a couple of the some key stuff that happened this weekend in the Penguins games with Montreal and um, Florida. Start with the Montreal game. I mean, uh, just um, awesome play by Brandon Tanev again over time. I wanted to start out there with the goal because um, some Canadians fans thought it was goaltender interference, but Carey Price kind of flopped a little bit. He, he had any every opportunity to kind of make that save, even though it was almost a semi wide open net. But then right after, as he raised his arms, uh, some Montreal fan um, flipped him off, and then he saw it and went right back and basically he said, "Let's go." right in her face, and uh, that was I thought that was really, really funny because um, I remember when, this was a few years, I think this was about several years ago, I think Chris Kelly of the Bruins, I think some, I think he, someone like flipped him off and then he scored and then he went right up to the person and he just gave uh, the per, uh, this person, like over the crowd, the middle finger. I think he actually got fined for that. Uh, I have to go double whack and check. So I remember that was really funny, but still, it's always funny when these uh, fans flip players off and then the, the players just come right over them and basically just say, you know what, take that. And I thought that was great. It was a really good win for the Penguins to get because it looked like Carey Price was channeling his inner god mode that night. Uh, making save after save after save. The Penguins, I thought, were out playing Montreal the whole night. Um, I thought Matt Murray, um, we'll get, we'll talking about the other goaltender, I thought this was Matt Murray's best start um, in about, uh, probably about a month. This is now two consecutive starts in a row, really good starts for him, two consecutive wins in a row for Murray. And he had almost a 930 save percentage in this game. I mean, decide, decide, despite the second goal, which was a little weak, but that was way more in Chris Letang. And we'll get to Chris Letang um, later in the podcast. Um, I thought he was sharp. He was square to shooters. Um, he was playing big, and you know when he's doing those stuff, he's playing his game. And the other goal, the other uh, goal, you know, really wasn't his fault. It was just a nice shot. Our Terry Lekkinen had two goals. Um, he almost had a hat trick. I think it was a shorthanded breakaway in the game, um, and he made a beautiful save as he tried to uh, split Murray wide, um, split the puck five hole on Murray, but Murray said no, no dice on that. And, um, yeah, just a really good start for Murray. Um, he looks like he's building something a little bit right now. I know it's only two starts, but still uh, just about 920 in both of these starts. You know, maybe new year, new Matt Murray. And, you know, this would be a very big development for the Penguins, that this could be one of the best goalie tandems um, in the league uh, for, for Pittsburgh. But, you know, they were, they were trailing for a, a bunch of the game. I know they striked quickly after being down one Zach Aston Reese with a beautiful goal. Um, beat uh, Carey Price, or I think that was his fifth of the season. And then uh, Brian Rust, folks, um, I, you know, I don't really know what else to say. I keep, uh, you know, he ties it up in third period 2-2, um, you know, and I wasn't really watching most of the, at the end of the game because I was at a bar with my lovely girlfriend, Nicole, watching her Patriots lose. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here because I know she listens to this podcast, but, you know, um, sometimes you hate to see the Patriots lose. 
Um, you know what? I'm just going to shut up before she gets mad, probably, because um, she'll probably get a little upset. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I was just following it. But, you know, great to get that win. That was a, a win the Penguins deserved to get. Like I said, even though Carey Price was channeling his inner god mode, and he hasn't really done that um, a lot this season. His numbers have been down a bit, but also the Habs' um, numbers overall have been down. They're not a playoff team right now. I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs. I think at some point... Um, maybe they'll let Claude Julian go, but you know, but, but we'll see. You know, the, the Canadians are also out without, you know, I think four of their top nine wingers, but still, um, a great, great job for the Penguins to get that win. Um, and yeah, you should like, you know, Brandon, Brandon Tana just keeps getting better and better. You know, I, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. You know, Jeff, uh, one of my best friends, if you're listening to this today or whenever, um, you were right about Brandon Tanev. Um, you, you were definitely right about him. I was wrong. I'll eat that crow. Until the day I die, you can chalk that up as a win for you with um, your opinion that Brandon Tanner was going to be a really good signing and that he was going to fit in here great. I didn't see it, but you know what? Kudos to you, man. Just what what a player he's turned out to be. He can basically do um, just, you know, almost everything imaginable. But, um, yeah, and then the game against Florida, guys, I mean, I don't really think the Penguins were going to win that game at all. Um like that that was almost just like a scheduled loss. It's like the it's like the NHL just puts these like scheduled losses on the schedule for teams and like it happens every season. And I'm going to tell you why this was basically a scheduled loss. So, you go into overtime against the Canadians, a hard-fought win. That game doesn't end to what almost 10 o'clock at night. And then you you have to pack up everything. You got to go through customs to get on your plane. You probably don't get home until 2:30, 2 2:30, maybe we'll fall asleep at 3 a.m. Then you probably get like six, seven hours of sleep till 9 a.m., 9:30, 10 o'clock. And then you have a game in seven hours, and you have to arrive at the arena what three hours early. So. I mean, you really don't have much time to do anything, and your legs are basically dead tired, and that's basically what it was against the Panthers. You know, they were gassed, and, you know, three games and four nights will do that to you, especially when two of those three ga- uh, three games go to the extra session, but still, I mean, um, th- three out of six points, you know, that that's fine, you know, like, you weren't really going to beat the Panthers. I thought for a while they were playing okay against the Panthers, but, I mean... You, you you can't expect the Penguins to to win that game, especially you know when they play less than twenty four hours later, and especially when they get home probably at like like I said between two and three a.m. Um, Eastern time. It's just it's not going to happen. So and, and like and I even tweeted after the game, guys. It's not really a big deal, you know. They lost one. They're still they've still won eleven of their last fifteen games. They're tied for second in the Metropolitan Division with the Islanders, who got their win last night. I think it was over Colorado. I think Barlamov started against his former team. You're not gonna win every game. So people need to not, you know, have all the hot takes. You know, I know we're gonna get into Crystal Tang coming out of the uh, break here and you know what's going on with him. But um, yeah, it, it's fine, guys. You know, this is coming up this week. You know, tonight especially, big, big road trip. One of my favorites, you know, you get to play Vegas, old pal Marc-Andre Fleury. And speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, I thought Josh Oey of The Athletic wrote a great piece about Fleury today uh, for The Athletic Pittsburgh in detailing about um, Fleury coping with his father unexpectedly passing away. Um, very similar to um, what happened with Matt Murray about a year and a half ago. And just, you know, him talking about, you know, what Murray's going through with everything and then also the emergence of Tristan Jari, of course, and how good he's been. Like I said, please go read that if you haven't, if you have the subscription to The Athletic. Um, and if you don't have the subscription to Athletic, I would definitely suggest that you guys get it since it is uh, definitely, I think, worth the um, the price to get it. But, um, yeah, guys, um, 
you know, they just, you know, fine road, fine, uh, tr fine weekend for the Penguins. They got uh, two out of four points, and, you know, they're still sitting pretty right now in the Metropolitan Division. In, in, in the Metropolitan Division. I don't know why I keep stuttering. Even though the Sharks had a massive collapse against the Capitals in the final minute. Oh, my God. Allowing two goals in 45 seconds to tie it. You know, that's the Martin Jones experiment, guys. Uh, should the Sharks are unwatchable at this point, I think is a good way to put it. All right, so, I mean, of course, folks, you know, the past couple of days, you know, we've seen a lot of talk about Crystal Tang on Twitter throughout the games, you know, his mistakes, and, you know, I think I think Jesse Marshall probably summarized it best, and I'll try to put it in my own words, of course, but, you know, we can have a discussion, I hope, um, you know, it must have been my dog barking up there, I hope you guys didn't hear that, but my dog is just a, a giant nut, a one-year-old black lab, but, um, Anyways, you know, we can have a discussion about Chris Letang's struggles with not, you know, shitting on him and, you know, saying, oh my God, he's such a liability. He sucks. Like, he needs to be traded. Like, you know, you want to do go talk like that, go to Penn's Penguins Chronicles page, which is probably, like I said, one of the worst accounts on Penguins Twitter and just like those and just be one of those, you know, people. You know, that's just, that's not true. He's not a liability. He makes the team so much better. He's just go, having a rough go right now. And, you know, I've seen the takes, oh, well, you know, it's all related to Jack Johnson. It's like, well, part of it is, you know, Jack Johnson does not belong on the top pair. He belongs on the bottom pair at this point in his career. But, you know, a lot of Chris Letang's errors lately have because become of Chris Letang. And, you know, I think they, part of that, they do need to split up the Jack Johnson pairing, put someone else up there. Um, I know that maybe would mean putting Latang on his offside, but you know he also doesn't have Brian Dumlin to help out with his mistakes. You know, um, he's been you know there's a couple there's the play in the Canadians game where like he basically just passed it right to Lettinen and Murray allows a little bit of a soft goal, but that was such an egregious error. Um, you know, by Latang, and then the game against Florida. I know they, the Penguins were a bit gassed that game, but you know, allowing Frank Vetrano of all people to just walk you, and then um, Jari gets one save but not the other, which was a little bit of a soft goal itself. I mean, like that's that's not the Chris Latang that we're accustomed to seeing. And you know, even the game against the Sharks, you know, took that awful penalty against Couture. I know you could have probably argue that it was embellishment, which it probably was. Couture sold it pretty well, but you know what? You don't put yourself in this situation. You don't need to be right. Hound, behind him, hounding him, even, even though they weren't even in any position or threatening to score. He was just chasing a puck. Like, there was no one in the front of the net wide open. Everyone else was getting their man. And he just has to put his stick there for absolutely no reason. Um, you know, he just, you know, he's, he needs to work his way out of this rut. And, you know, he is going to. Like, he's too good of a player not to. I know he's 33 years old right now. He's not 29 like he was in 2016. I know he's been logging a lot more minutes. You know, I've seen the numbers where, you know, the team, you know, maybe plays a little bit better if he doesn't log 28 minutes, 27 minutes a night. Maybe when he logs 22, 23, it's better. But you know what? That just, it sucks that he doesn't have his partner, Brian Dumlin, for a while. And he's probably not going to have Brian Dumlin for... Probably another month to a month and a half at this point, considering that Dumoulin is was I think officially out for the, uh, two months, considering he had ankle surgery. So, um, you know, I'm all for putting up some uh, someone else up there in spite of Jack Johnson. You know, maybe Marcus Pedersen deserves to get back up there. I know John Marino could go up there, but you know that's two righties. But still, Pedersen I think would be interesting. I'd be curious to try that. But you know, he needs to work his way out of this rut. You know, he needs to play better defense. He needs to stop. Um, making costly mistakes and errors and taking penalties and, and you know it, it just it all comes down to like the fundamentals for Latang and you know he goes through these ruts you know a couple times a season 
But even though he's had a marvelous season despite that, and you know, people need to realize just how good overall that he's been despite this rut that he's in. Um, and, you know, and also people I think need to realize how good of a player he is. Like that's the thing. There's a lot of the people just have weird takes on Crystal Tang and expect him to, you know, always, you know, make the right play. And, you know, we don't need to go on a shift by shift basis for a player like Crystal Tang or a player in general. Like, I feel like that's stupid. You don't need to go shift by shift. Just go game by game. Like it's, it's easier that way. You don't need to analyze. Oh my God. You know, he had a terrible error on that shift. Oh, then look at this. An amazing play the next shift and then oh my god an awful play on the shift after it's like people it's enough already if you're going to drive yourselves crazy if you keep thinking about that but you know that's why that's why i really wanted i wanted to say about chris Tang. he's going to work his way out of it like i said he's going to be the chris Tang that we all know he just has to work through this out of this rut and you know he ultimately will you know i'll be curious to see how he plays against vegas tonight um it sounds like he stayed on the ice after practice to work a little bit on his own game, which is good. You know, he's taking matters in his own hands. Um, it sounds like, I mean, he definitely is a private person, a player. He knows that he's playing bad. Um, he definitely cares a lot. You know, I know I'm not, you know, there reporting in Pittsburgh in the locker room. For everything I've read about Crystal Tang, I just, I've read that, you know, he's very prideful and now he plays. He, he, he knows when he makes his mistakes. He, he hates playing really bad for the fans and everyone, especially himself. So, you know, I know he's probably taking this all to heart right now, which is, of course, um, all you can do. You know, all you have to do is just look forward to the next game and try to minimize your mistakes. And I think he's definitely um, going to do that. But um, also, folks, some really, really good news for this road trip. Sidney Crosby has accompanied the team on this three-game road trip. He practiced today with the team. Uh, morning skate took full contact, it looks like. Did not take line rushes. Mike Sullivan said he is out for the game in Vegas, which is, of course, folks, a 10 o'clock start. So um, if you uh, maybe have a snow day this week on the East Coast tomorrow, if you're at school, whatever, you know, maybe don't have to go to work, definitely try and stay up to watch the game. Um, I know I will be. I love, you know, I, I'm off work tomorrow. So, I mean, of course, I'm probably going to. I love um, staying up and watching these West Coast games because, you know, not only do you get to keep going to bed late, you just get to watch your team late. You get to do stuff beforehand that you don't really uh, normally get to do. So, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, Mark andre Fleury is going to get the start, looks like, and will not be Matt Murray. Uh, Tristan Jari was off the ice first um, for the Penguins, so Tristan Jari will be um, in net for Pittsburgh in this game. But Sidney Crosby, you know, like I said, did not take line rushes, but no, I think he's going to play towards the end of this road trip. It would not surprise me if he targets his comeback for Friday night against uh, Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, that would be a great game for him to come back to, especially considering um, how him and McKinnon are great friends. They also have two practice days sandwiched in between that game uh, before I think their Sunday game is against Arizona before um, I think they have the game, uh, they have the back-to-back next week against Boston and Detroit. Then I think they have the Flyers coming up. The All-Star weekend, folks, Game this, I think they have five more games left until the All-Star break, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think about. I think it's, um, if I'm not mistaken, the All-Star break is two weeks away. I, th- I think it is. Yeah, I'm not double-check. But still, you know, he's going to be coming back, I think, towards the Colorado-Arizona game. Would not surprise me in the slightest. So, folks, get ready for Sidney Crosby. Also, Nick Bukestad is skated today. I wanted to up you guys on that. He's getting closer. And also, Justin Schultz has just started skating again. He has made the road trip with the Penguins. He started skating yesterday, according to Mike Sullivan. And he skated today with Crosby and Bukestad before Crosby ended up joining his teammates for the um, the morning skate. So it wouldn't be surprised to potentially see all three of them at some point on this road trip. So the Penguins, you know, going in the All-Star break, you know, they're going to be getting some reinforcements back. 
which is, of course, much needed. I know they're not going to be without Jake Ensel and Brian Newman for a while, but still, much, much needed reinforcements at this point, especially it starts with the captain, Sidney Crosby, uh, coming back, um, uh, I think, after this game. So the road ahead, like I just said, for the Penguins, um, you know, this is one of my favorite road trips of the season. Uh, you know, just another Western trip. The Penguins will have their Western California road trip, I want to say, in February, March. I think it's February. Um, I have to double-check the schedule. But still, um, a lot of fun. You know, you get to go up against Vegas, you know, the Sin City. Um, there's going to be a lot of Penguins fans, I would think, there. There always is. Like the past couple of years, there's always been a lot of Penguins fans there. Penguins have not beaten Vegas in Vegas yet. They're owing Two, I think they lost the first game 2-1 in that crazy game last year. The Penguins, uh, I think they scored four. I think it was a 6-4 final. I'd have to double-check, but I know the Penguins lost that. But still, Penguins never beaten Vegas in Vegas, but still they'll face former friend Marc-Andre Fleury at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, always fun to watch Fleury in action against the Penguins, uh, especially watching Penguins Hooter and you know seeing some takes about Fleury. And just, it's always a good time. And then, of course, Nathan McKinnon in the Colorado Avalanche. Um, gonna be a great game. That could be, like I said, that could be the game that Sidney Crosby decides to come back for, um, which is just awesome. You know, just to see those two go at it. They already went at it um, earlier in the season, and that was that crazy game in overtime where Brandon Tanev got a shorthanded wraparound goal um, of all goals, um, and it was on a four-on-three power play. And usually, you know, that's one. Like I said. There's not a lot of power plays you would want to give up four on three two, and the Avalanche is one of them you would not want to. But still, the Penguins were able to somehow get a shorthanded goal, um, and I think it actually banked off of Landeskog. Yeah, it banked off of Gabriel Landeskog's stick in in the net, which was um, really really funny. But still, that was great. And then of course, um, the Penguins will play Phil Kessel for the second and final time this regular season, and this will be the another time. With, this will be the third time that the Penguins will see uh, Taylor Hall this season, considering they saw him twice already with New Jersey, and it looks like Hall and Kessel are playing on the same line together for Pittsburgh. But still, a lot of fun road trip. You know, a lot of these are, you know, 10, 9 o'clock starts, but still, I know they're late games, but still, like I said, great to stay up and watching them. You know, I love the Western trips. They're they're so much fun. And I don't know, I probably sound like a broken record when I say that, but you know what, whatever. But also another thing I wanted to get to today, um, you know, I... I, I this is the part I think, you know, we're about halfway through the season. I sometimes like to standings watch. And I, I check it every now and then, but now I'm going to start to, you know, check it a little more often considering, you know, we're halfway through. We're getting closer to the playoffs. And, you know, I mean, I've been checking the last couple weeks sporadically, and, you know, it just it keeps showing up, man. Penguins and Islanders. And, you know, I think we could be heading, folks. I know we're looking really far ahead right now. A lot can change in the division. I know the division is really, really good. And, you know, I'm probably stating the obvious, but, you know, we could really be heading to another Penguins-Islanders uh, first-round playoff series. And, um, you know, when I think about that, I think of probably death because um, I just I can't do another playoff series against that team and the way they play and, you know, the way Barry Trotz coaches them and, you know, just going on Long Island. You know, that's a series that I think Pittsburgh would want to open up at home at PPG Paints Arena. You do not want to go to the first two games like you did last year and play – on Long Island at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, which is a dump in itself. Um, that place is a giant shithole. I will die on that hill. I don't really think you can really argue anyways. It's not really um, a hockey arena. It's basically built for an AHL team at this point, even with the renovations that has gone through. But good thing that they're moving to um, Belmont soon. It looks like they're beginning a new arena in a few years, but still, you know, that's not a, um, a place that the Penguins would want to go to for the, um, the first two games. But, um, 
Is there anything else at Penguin Land going on right now? I don't really think there's uh, too, too much, folks. Um, you know, have fun watching the game tonight. Uh, this road trip is going to be, I think, a big test for Pittsburgh, especially this game tonight with how good Vegas, a lot of talent that Vegas has. I know, you know, they, they don't jump out at you this year. They've struggled a little bit at times, but still, um, I think they're one of the, they're definitely, I think, the favorite or one of the favorites in the Pacific Division. I would not be surprised, honestly, if they came out of the Western Conference, especially I know they did it in their first season and they have a better roster um, at this point so far. But, um, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, 10 o'clock start. I think it's uh, AT&T Sportsnet in Pittsburgh and then I forget what I think it's ATT Sports in Vegas too. I think they have the same um, channel, but I don't think it's televised by National Network. I wish that NBCSN would show the game tonight, but um, they are not. And then I would uh, assume Matt Murray would go against Arizona or Colorado. I think uh, they may split it up. I, may, I think they may split that up, but um, I'm not really really sure. But um, that's all I think I have for you guys today for um, Locked On Penguins. Um, uh, one more thing I think uh, about Tristan Jari's performance against the Panthers. Don't really look into it. I know he struggled a little bit with a couple goals, but you know what? Um, the whole team was gassed that night, so look for him to potentially rebound tonight against a very, very good Vegas team. He played very, very well against them. Um, I think that Vegas game earlier in the season, I think it was only a two. Uh, was it two? Let me just double-check that real quick. Uh, Penguins, Golden Knights. Um, earlier in the season... Um, I think, yeah, I think it was like a two or three nothing game, but I think Vegas had, um, uh, the Vegas had, um, what's, what was it? It was, yeah, yeah, it was three nothing. They had two empty net goals in the game. So Jari really only allowed, um, one goal in the contest. He was very, very good against them, but you know what? That's all. Like I said, that's all I have for you guys for Locked on Penguins today. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. We'll be talking tomorrow. We'll uh, dissect the game, uh, say who did well how what this performance was, and we'll have it all tomorrow for Locked on Penguins. All right, guys. Talk to you all soon.